The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. Howdy ho to Generinos and welcome to another exciting episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 297, we're almost there. We're almost at our big episode 300 blowout. It's going to be a big celebration. I'm sure my co-host has lots of plans for that. But for now, 297, uh, I'm going to dedicate it to all my Canadians celebrating Family Day weekend this weekend. Not every province, but the provinces that are celebrating it. The rest of you people, haha suckers, you have to go to work on on Monday. Um, and I think family day usually gets a chuckle out of my, uh, my co-host, but I didn't hear a <laughs> chuckle this time because he thinks it's a weird holiday, but they, the, you Americans have a holiday too. I'll, I'll dedicate tomorrow's episode to that, but thanks for coming to the show. It's going to be a fun one. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. It wasn't very chalky last night. No, I went nine and two with three underdog hits at UFC Vegas 69. My co-host did good as well. Slightly worse than me as per usual, but that's, but Hey. You can't, we can't uh, compare everyone to me. That's it, just wouldn't be fair. He went eight and three. He hit a couple dogs himself. So, consensus plays, we went seven and one. So, it was a quite a quite a night for picks, quite a night in the sports gambling podcast.com slash discord as well. People were cashing checks last night, that's for sure. Um, a lot of money being won, a lot of good times were being had, halved, had by everyone in there. Let, let's bring in that coast of mine. Who's amazing at making picks? Slightly less, slightly worse than me, but still amazing nonetheless. It's Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. So two things. Number one, uh, I did laugh at, at Family Day. It must not have been audible because <laughs> I, 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 I think, think I, I made last you explain it last. I, I think yeah. you made it. Be, I made you explain it last year. Uh, but yeah. it's just like it's another one of those nothing holidays, like all of yeah. the American ones, right? Like exactly. Yep. We, we have we have President's Day tomorrow and. Yep. A whole week off of work for some, you know, people are a whole week off of school for kids. And uh, for real, yeah, kids kids have the entire week of school off. <laughs> so if you're a te- if let's just say you you're a teacher, you'd have all next week off. You would you would have you would have this entire week off. <laughs> well, may, maybe being a teacher isn't so bad. Maybe I shouldn't make fun of American teachers. Then, but wow, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, are you yeah. supposed to do like presidential things? I, I I don't think so. I don't even know anybody who's ever done a celebration. Like I think mattress stores have discounts and that's yeah, it. Yeah, I, I see sales. <laughs> there are lots of sales. Well, I guess our kids have like March break, aka spring break next month. Do you guys have that as well? We don't get it? we don't get March. Okay. Uh, American kids get February and April. Oh, but still, wow. Yeah, so we so we get two, uh, but they're they're separate. And then when you go to college, it goes to the the more standard just one March one. Yeah. No wonder you people are so much dumber than us. Eh? Your kids are barely in school. No, I think we go later into the summer. But, uh, you know, um, right, so that, that was the first thing. That was the first thing. The second, second thing is you said I was worse on picks, but <laughs> I did hit my massive prop oh, yeah. this week. You sure uh, did. I put a, a 235 prop plus 235 prop out into the uh, lock dog prop universe and hit it. So, uh, 
you know, I'm feeling pretty darn good about that too. And there were lots more hits in the SGPN Discord. So if you're oh, one yeah. of those people who's not in there, people giving out tips in good ones uh, each and every event. So make sure you're in it. And there is a bunch of new names and faces in there too, which is always great to see. And the, the two kings of the Discord, Jong and Joel, were in there. It's, it's good to have Joel back now that his other sports are are um, on the sidelines other than hockey. He's he's back in there having fun in the Discord as well. And uh, yeah, Gumby dropped a big, big old juicy prop, plus 235 prop, uh, which we will get to in a moment. Yeah, it seems like everyone was... Uh, posting their slips from last night it seems every most of us were on the same page which is someone mentioned that a while ago we we tend to have a hive mind and we, we tend to get behind this uh, similar prospects um and ride them to glory which one of those prospects actually fought in last night's main event we were we, we've been high on Aaron blanchfield in the discord for quite a while and she came through for us yeah, I think we've been high on her since she debuted, right? She yep. was was it Sarah Alper she fought in sounds right in her debut and just like it was like on short notice up a weight class and I was like, look, we still got to be on her and she, yep. you know, like eight thousand punches in that fight too. I don't think she got a stoppage, but it was like eight thousand punches and we've been high on her since. And uh, maybe maybe we're burying the weed because because this yep. should just be the topic we're talking about now is is exactly. how freaking good Aaron Blanchfield is. But I, I got a transition win bet. And then we'll talk about how amazing Aaron Blanford is. She'll still be amazing even after I do this, what, half minute ad read. Um, she's she's still very, very young. So um, WinBet <laughs> is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of way to win, ways to win, more than one way, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you can get a thousand dollar free credit. So much to choose from. And all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, you were saying... Um, People were giving out tips and stuff. Even uh, the aforementioned Jong was giving out uh, technical uh, grappling, aka jujitsu advice, and it kind of came through in the main event. Palms yeah. down, right? Don't put your palms on the mat when you're don't, grappling. Don't put your palms on the mat when you're grappling. Yeah, Jong with the uh, the technical breakdown, and he he sent us some screenshots of her doing it against Lauren Murphy, which obviously Lauren. Yeah, just just Andrade. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we should we should clarify doing it against Lauren Murphy. Which, uh, you know, like, Murphy wasn't ever credited with a takedown, but it's a sign that she gives up her back and gives up an opportunity for a choke. And let me tell you something, when Aaron Blanchfield has that brief, brief window into yep. your palms on the mat, she does not waste it, man. Dude, her, her sub skills are so good. Yep. So in honor of Jong, at his suggestion, this episode is Palm Sunday, which is his, his little his little joke, which I, I will accept because uh, he, he's one of the OGs from day one. Um, I think the lead we're really bearing is Aaron Blanchfield can strike and she can eat some punches. Yeah, well, and I th- I think I said it on Wednesday's show in, in or Thursday's show rather, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I said that I th- I thought she could beat Jessica Andrade because. She would be out there striking as a means to an end. And while she yep. found success in there, I think she was she wasn't going out there trying to take Jessica Andrade's head off. 
right? She knows the the hands that she have are not there to knock people unconscious. The hands she has there are to keep you off balance, to make you worry about getting jabbed in the face 37 times, to misdirect you, and then eventually get t- the takedown, which is what yep. she did. She, she forced Jessica Andrade to move forward too aggressively, winds up with the body lock, the inside trip, passes right through guard and all that good stuff. So, like, I, I think, you know, pe- people are talking about how great her striking is, and I, I think they're right to give her credit on it. But also, I don't think it's like if she decided to go out and fight, you know, and, and throw bombs, or she went out and decided to... You know, like, I'm just going to box for this entire fight. I'm not sure that that would have been a winning proposition. Like, I I think eventually, you know, Andrade would have figured out she's not going to shoot a takedown or whoever she was fighting would eventually figure out, you know, the couple of things she's doing. But it was just, like, so perfect for the the process that she was trying to put together. She was trying to put together that process that would eventually lead her um, to, to taking Jessica Andrade into a place where she certainly didn't want to be. Yeah, she mixed her martial arts, you could say, um, which is which is the key here uh, for for Blanchfield. Uh, but yeah, I think the chin also is is um, a thing we were wondering. Had he, we, we didn't have any reason to um, question her chin, but I mean, um, maybe a li- maybe a little bit. I mean, we had a reason yeah. to question her boxing in that JJ Aldrich fight, right? Like True. In, in that JJ Aldrich fight, Aldrich got going early with the hands. As a matter of fact, I think she might have won round one if I remember correctly uh against Blanchfield but then you know obviously the guillotine in the second round was good enough um and that is her third straight finish which is really incredible yep competition is getting ramped up each fight as well but yeah um as I was saying she I I was still nervous watching her strike with Jessica Andrade because uh I figured eventually it it was going to go awry as you said it it could have but um yeah she ate the punches um with no no issues at all, and second she got her chance to sink in the rear naked choke. She did 137 into round two. We had her at plus 135. I think a lot of people had her at uh, winning this fight via submission, which was the obvious outcome if she was going to win. But uh, there were some good odds out there floating around for that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I saw a whole bunch of people who had her by submission, including some again some tickets thrown in the Discord. You know, props to you guys if you thought that that's how she was going to get it done. I, you know, that was definitely the most likely outcome. And I guess in retrospect, if you're playing Aaron Blanchfield's money line there, you might as well play her uh, by submission too, right? Like that, it yep. just makes sense. But uh, and you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I'm just pumped that she looked as good as she does. It, and man, dude, it's is women's flyweight low key like the most exciting women's division right now? It's gotta be, um, right? Yeah, probably. Um, the the champ everyone likes to bag on Valentina Shevchenko, but maybe she's got a real challenger coming up now. Do you well, want to yeah. see? Mm, do you yeah, want to see yeah. Blanchfield fight her next? Well, I mean, obviously the Grasso fight's in there, and it's oh, always yeah, bad. going to beat her. I forgot. It's it's always bad to write off a uh, somebody who's getting the fight uh, before they've actually had it. But like I. I don't think there are very many people picking Alexa Grasso in that fight, but you know, after Grasso, I think for sure Blanchfield gets the next one. Um, you know, we, we had been talking about how uh, Talia Santos was kind of close, but she needed one more win. She had an opportunity to try to get one here with Blanchfield. She pulled out of the fight for, you know, some, some pretty real reasons, but she pulled out. I think that puts her behind Blanchfield almost automatically. Um, you know, we, a lot of us had Manal Fierro knocking on the door for the next, but 
two things going, you know, negatively in her favor. Number one uh, is, is the knee surgery, right? She's going to have to recover from knee surgery. So who knows what that timeline is going to look like. And then secondly, even if the timeline lined up, her win over Jennifer Maya does not look as good as what Aaron Blanchfield did last night. So nope. uh, yeah, like I, I think Blanchfield leapfrogs all those and gets next dibs with that Grasso Shevchenko fight right around the corner too. I think the timelines match up that you just see her, you know, middle of summer here, you know, maybe June or July getting that title shot because uh, yeah, like it, it looks like it's necessary. And, and look at all those people I just mentioned, Grasso, Blanchfield, Firo, uh, Talia Santos, uh, you know, Tatiana Suarez is fighting this weekend at flyweight. Like this division just got really interesting. It sure has. So we'll see how Grasso um, does against the champion. The odds aren't super crazy for Valentina Shevchenko fight. I see Shevchenko anywhere between like five, minus 549 and minus 704, <laughs> so, which is real. We used to see her in the thousands. A lot that's sometimes. that's true. When you said yeah. not crazy, I was like, if it is in the twos or threes, no, I think we have to attack. And no, it's in the, the sixes and seven. <laughs> yes. I was going to ask uh, thoughts on what the odds would be for Blanchfield Shevchenko, but we kind of got to see how Shevchenko looks her next fight because it's not like she has looked, she didn't, wasn't super dom- dominant in her last fight. Some people could have said Santos uh, beat her or she came very close to beating her. So it's probably premature to, I guess, to say, um, how Blanchfield will do against her or what the odds will be, right? Uh, I don't know, because like I, I think the the Santos fight certainly is going to guide how people break down Blanchville versus Shevchenko. But I don't think her going out and like beating the hell out of Alexa Grasso is going to change how we handicap that fight. Right. Because like there are similarities between Santos and Blanchfield, right? Like they both have grappling and they, they both can muscle her around a little bit like. Grasso's a 115 or coming up and she's mostly yeah. a boxer. Like, you know, if Shevchenko goes out there and one punch knocks, knocks her out, like I still don't think that changes how we view the fight with, with Blanchfield. So I, I'm going to say Blanchfield winds up posting in the plus like 225 range. Um, and I, I think it will probably stay right around that number. Cause there are enough people who like Shevchenko and will love the value coming in on her on that side. And are we taking her? Because like I said, hive mind, she's one of the fighters that we are all in on, it seems. Are we taking her at, at that number, Dan? I'm I'm leaning towards yes, but I, I am going to go back and watch. Uh, when, when that fight does eventually roll around, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch Santos versus Shevchenko yeah. to, to really get how I feel about Shevchenko's grappling defense. But um, from a heart standpoint, a thousand percent. <laughs> she is still the boogie woman of, of the division, uh, Shevchenko. Maybe a little less scary um, as as before, but um, that that could, like I said, that that could that could change next fight um, if she looks like her old super scary self against Grasso. But you also uh, the other side of the coin, as you said, Grasso's smaller and not a grappler, so be very interesting. But we're um, all in on Aaron Blanchard. I just hope this isn't too soon for her. Uh, getting the big push here yeah she would be um if, if she wins the title in the next i think they said it was a year in five months yeah. she'd be the youngest women's champion in ufc history she would pass rose nami Yunus. fantastic yeah she turns 24 in may so she's yeah. a couple yeah she, she should be 24 by the time the fight rolls around and she got herself an extra 50k last night for uh getting performance of the night we spent a lot of time talking about that fight because that's really was the only uh meaningful fight um 
for I guess for casuals or basically the only meaningful meaningful fight for uh, the, the UFC title pitcher um, for the time being at the very least. But all the other fights turned out to be meaningful because they all ended up almost all of them ended up being winners for us. So we ended the night off with a nice uh, underdog hit in the main event, which was nice because we've missed three out of the past four main events. Actually, this that's this is only the second main event we got right this year. We're only two and three in main events. Not not a great number, no. uh, but there have been some really tricky ones, to be fair. Yeah, that's because we are nerds that know about the lesser fighters, not the casual fighters. I think that's it, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, we do better on the prelims every week. <laughs> it's true. But hey, doesn't matter. Uh, money is money. Doesn't matter where it comes from. Um, Zach Paunga won us a little bit. Minus 290, not uh, a huge amount, but he did win us some money. He beat Dan's favorite fighter, uh, Send him back. To, I wanted to say, hey, he sent him back to Beverly Hills, but he didn't finish him, sadly. Um, he he did beat him 30-27, 29-28 somehow. That judge uh, probably should have his credentials taken away. But um, basically, this was all about uh, holding right against the cage and blooding him up there. I don't think Pounga looked super impressive. I, I would have liked, like, everybody finishes Jordan Wright, and he didn't finish him. Um He's still very small for light heavyweight. Uh, thinking that he, he fought at heavyweight before is, is pretty wild. Um, but obviously, you can't totally, um, I can't totally discount his performance. He dominated the fight. Um, he really should have went three rounds to none on every scorecard. But nonetheless, uh, he hit a, his first UFC win. Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, it, it didn't look as, as good either as I kind of thought Pongo was going to look. But I will also say this. He's a guy who is, you know, he said in his interview with me last week on on my other podcast, Top Turtle MMA, he, he mentioned that he is a grinder at 205. He's not, you know, a, a one hitter quitter like he was at heavyweight, like that was his goal at heavyweight because he knew he couldn't grind those heavyweights who were way bigger than him. This is more of the style you can expect out of him. And, and yeah, he didn't get the finish against Jordan Wright. I think he's probably got to work a little bit more on on getting those takedowns uh, rather than just being like, OK, being up against the cage. But like this is a style that's sustainable at light heavyweight. You got to give him credit for that. Yep, it's true. Um, does he not look like he could cut to middleweight, though? <laughs> he still is very small for light. Heavyweight. I'm, I mean, he's he's very um. I mean, I mean, he's not like buff, like uh, one of the like guys you? we're going to like one of the guys we're going to talk oh, about yeah. soon. Um. And we should talk about him as briefly as possible. But he is six two. Like it, it's hard to yeah. It's hard to make one eighty five at six two unless you're like Gun. real yeah real skinny. So like I I think he's probably in the right spot. Could he bulk up a little bit? Maybe maybe a little bit. Well we'll keep our eye on him nonetheless. Uh, it was nice to see him get a win. Um, is is this going to be our first pink slipper hanging out today? Gumby. Jordan yes, Wright. yes, fire, fire, Jordan, fire Jordan Wright. Yes, yes, and it wasn't one of it wasn't an exciting fight either, so there's yeah. not that to fall back on. And he kept looking at the freaking replay board, like, <laughs> was yeah, I saw all you guys were getting angry at that. Was he just checking out like how bad the cut was, or or, or that type of thing? You think I don't what? know because I think he was doing it even before the cut. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's kind of a strange guy. Have you had him on your podcast? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> That's not very nice. All right. How about th- this man you had in your podcast? And it didn't ruin him. He somehow won a fight regardless. Jamal Pogues beat Josh Parisian. Another fight. He, he won just like uh, the pound guy. Didn't look as impressive as we would have hoped. 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. We had him for a, 
a bit better number though, minus 245. Yeah, I, I think he did a good job uh, mixing it up. Uh, he, he looked fast for a heavyweight, right? Because he's coming up from light heavyweight. So like some of that. Not as fast as I hope though. I, I was I was thinking he was really gonna out uh, be like obviously the spear athlete here, and I don't think he totally looked super super quicker on the feet, but nonetheless. He Go is working. He is working his way into that heavyweight body, right? Like he, yeah. he's he's not used to being there, so he's he's working that out. So I I think it was a good first step, and then you know it was nice to see the grappling look so good out of him. Oh, too. that looked very good. Yep. Yeah, like I I think he he especially if he continues to work himself into this frame a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I, I think he is a serviceable heavyweight for the foreseeable future. I, I think he could beat a ton of dudes in there. He also another guy who could go to light heavyweight. He's right now he's gotten butt is where the weight is. So yeah, he's very he, skinny legs. It's, I it's mean, he's, he's, he's fought most of his career at, at light heavyweight. I mean, yeah. all of his career, except for that contender series fight. I always think it would be better, but may- maybe not. Maybe he's better off at, at heavyweight. Where, I mean, where the speed quicker than people. Yeah, the speed definitely plays up more at heavyweight. So yeah. I, I mean, maybe he's in the right spot. It's true. Um, but anyhow, he got a win, but it's not like I'm pinning my hopes on, on him uh, to to be an elite fighter uh, anytime soon. But who knows? He's still young in his career. Parisian, are we are we firing him? He's got loss, win, loss, win, loss. Two and three uh... at heavyweight. Pro- three probably and, three and three if you keep yeah three and three if you count his contender series fight he, yeah he's got two finishes in there i i think he'd probably keep him around fine but can someone get him shorts that his his uh his gut doesn't push down he kept having to yank his shorts up last <laughs> night which is yeah we didn't have a whole lot of uh traditional athletic bodies last night um we, we this did man not. though wow <laughs> we had I know he's a powerlifter, but he's got a bodybuilder body. William Knight. Um, this was one of the strangest fights. We used to see fights like this more often in the olden days, uh, the good old days of MMA. But now that everyone's pretty much, uh, almost, I don't, don't want to say on the same level, but uh, everyone trains similarly. The uh, It's not like we have specialists in certain areas uh, quite as extreme as we had in the past. Um, you don't see fights like this too often, but Merchant Prochnio just kicked William Knight's legs both his legs actually he started on one and kept going to the other one uh 50 minutes straight night didn't do anything except stand there and take the kicks and seem annoyed by it uh he has apologized saying that he froze and all this type of stuff but it was a horrible fight we have marching prochnio which was no wait a minute no we I, didn't i, 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 I have him <laughs> i have Mar- prochnio as a underdog this is technically this was an underdog minus 105 uh, I, I think so, i said in the breakdown though if you're betting on this fight you need to seek <laughs> professional help yeah this must have <laughs> been extra painful for, for you knowing that you you had picked night do we need to talk about this is there anything to say here I mean, you have to, all I'll say is you have to fire him after that, yeah. right? Like he hasn't looked good as of late and he landed eight significant strikes. Well, um, what did uh, Prochnio have? Like 63 or something like that. All you know, kicks, basically. Yeah, yeah, and it was basically all leg kicks. But like William Knight landed zero strikes to Marcin Prochnio's head. Yep. Like zero. Didn't try like, either, basically. I think they said he, there were 10 attempted. Um, yeah. in, in zero landed. So like, man, dude, froze is an understatement. Uh, yeah. that, that felt like, um, that felt like Kimbo slice versus Houston Alexander too. Yeah. Remember that fight? <laughs> yes. Or, or that Caleb guy that ran around the cage. Yeah. Got it, around. This, this one, Caleb running man starts. Um, yes. at, one, at least he moved. Yeah. Th- he was at least moving. Yeah. William <laughs> yes. Knight was stationary. <laughs> yeah. We are, we're going to fire him. It sounds like he has good, uh, 
powerlifting numbers, maybe she's just going to powerlifting or or bodybuilding because he's uh, he's Jack. But yeah. I mean, I saw somebody on Twitter post that he is like designed for Ryzen, and I could not. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I could not agree more. He's yeah. perfect for over there. Send him over there. Let him fight whoever they want. They'll love him. <laughs> yeah, if, if he was like six foot eight, he'd be like the the next Bob Sapp over there. But um, yeah, he, he probably would fit in nonetheless. So I hit that one. Sally, it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns and puppy dogs. Because um, another person most of us seemed in the discard or in on is Jim Miller. He had a hell of a fight. Um, somehow didn't win fight of the night, but hell of a fight against Alexander Hernandez. He lost 30, 27, 30, 29, 28. Um, I think Miller, I, I think it was a lot closer than that. And then it seemed at least the first round probably was was Miller's. And then, um, yeah, Hernandez didn't run out of steam as as we were hoping he would. He he kept the foot on the gas and like I said, hell of a fight. Jim Miller um, is not an easy man to, to beat, but Hernandez did it. Yeah, I, I think the fight was closer than the numbers seemed to suggest. Like I said, he, he, you or like you said, he, he definitely was very close to winning round one. In fact, I think he won round one on one of the judges' scorecards. And then I, I actually thought he was pretty close in round three, too. I, I think yeah. any of those scorecards are defensible. Like if somebody gave it 28-29 in favor of Miller, uh, that would have been defensible. Either of the ones on the board were defensible. Um, Hernandez, I think... His trip down to 145 pounds was probably the best thing for his 155 pound career because I think he's just carrying a little bit less weight and a little bit cutting a little bit less during fight week. And it clearly helped his cardio. Um, So I I think that's a huge change for him. If he fights like this, he's he's dangerous at 55. Um, And then, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, not much more to say than that. Oh, I also say, you know, you mentioned this fight didn't win fight of the night. These guys are making enough. I'm glad the yeah, guys true. who won fight of the night won fight of the night. Yep. Good point. All right. So the main card, I went 4-1. Gummy went 3-2 and because William Knight broke his heart. Um, all right. Prelims. This was the fight of the night. Nazim Sadikov defeated Evan Elder. Uh, doctor stoppage. 38 seconds into the third round. Elder uh, got a... His eyebrow got, re, got moved um, to a different spot uh, on his face. Closer to his eye. Um, so we have Sadikov, the newcomer at minus 185. Gumby had him via TKO slash KO plus 235. So that hit as well. Yeah, big one there, especially because it turns out he was down two rounds. Yeah, that that was that was strange to see. Because I thought he won. I, 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 not, I thought he won. was a robbery, but it was surprising. Yeah, I thought he had won round two for sure. Um, yeah. and, and like if if two judges had given him round two and one had given it to Elder, I'd have been like, eh, okay. Um. But, like, I, I, I thought he had mostly done enough to win that round, and none of the judges saw it that way. So he, he winds up bailing himself out with a cut stoppage, which is, uh, you know, a really great break for me. It Did did you hear the post-fight interview, though, where he says he thinks it was a headbutt that did it? No, I, I saw you. I, I skipped through his but because uh, I was trying to get caught up at that point. But, yeah, I, I heard you said that. It, that's, that's a I, wild claim. Who would admit that? Yeah, <laughs> it is. But. Nonetheless, we hit that, which was nice. We'll uh, we'll see what Sadikov has to. It looks like Elder. He's lost two straight, but that probably saved uh, his job for at least another day. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and, and yeah, yeah. He, he'll he'll be around. He ain't going anywhere. That that was yeah. exciting. Yep. Um. All right. This is part of a run of wins for us. Moira Bueno Silva beat Lena Landsberg submission knee bar four forty six into the second round. Got herself fifty k bonus because Lena Landsberg decided to 
grapple the grappler or re she got herself out of a sticky situation and then decided to stick her leg into uh, a bear with only 15 seconds left <laughs> she, she was going to lose regardless but Buena Silva got herself a, a bonus out of this uh, minus 45 we have Buena Silva and she looked just that way I think Lena Landsberg at age 40 uh, she's not uh, not a Jim Miller age 40 at this point so she can probably um, go bye-bye as well yeah, I think that's probably the end for her. Also, if you had been in our Discord, you would have seen us drop a plus 210 prop for Margaret Buena Silva to win by submission, too. Yeah. Uh, so you, you could have been around for that, but um, some of you are still holding out, so make sure you join. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, no, Buena Silva continues to look really good at Bantamweight. That's three in a row for her at Bantamweight. Yep. She's like, might be a top 10 Bantamweight right now. And, and that's obviously not saying much in a division that's pretty terrible, but like, Man, you'd have to consider her against like somebody like Macy Chason, even right? Like, oh yeah, for sure. You'd have to at least think about it. So, yeah. um, she, she's getting it done. She's finishing fights, and uh, yeah, she looked good again. Five, two, and one in the UFC. Uh, three straight wins now in her what? I think she's thirty-one. So she's uh, she's uh, yeah, she's one to keep an eye on for sure here. So we hit that one. Uh, wasn't a a fun line if you just took it straight, but like Gumby said, a lot of people were in on the sub and it came through. Jamal Amers, he hit as an underdog for us. He's another one of the underdogs that came through. Beat Hussein Askabov. We were saying Askabov could be a fraud. Basically, he's what twenty three and zero. I think had he hit in that fight. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> he had he had an interesting resume. But we'll just leave it at that. And yeah, it it showed as he got skunked by Jamal Amers. Like, not exactly a guy who was. Uh, Knocking out a bunch of W's in, in the UFC. This is his second win, so he's now 2-2. Two and two. Nice to see him get a win, but he definitely deserved it. Three rounds to none over uh, Askabov. And people, like I said, people weren't digging into that resume enough because we got Emmers at plus 110. Yeah, and I saw a bunch of, like, Twitter handicappers and stuff like that all over Askabov thinking about, you know, the number is basically even on this guy who's a killer prospect. And it's like, how many fights of his have they watched? Zero. I know yeah. it's, I know it's zero because first of all, do you know how hard it is to get your eyes on some of his fights? Yeah, Gummy struggled. Crying yeah. Out. I struggled to find him. And when I did, they were a couple years old and then you always got to debate whether or not those are good enough, but like yep. they, they were good enough because he's awful. Um, <laughs> but let me ask you a question. Do you fire Hussein Askabov? Um, it's not like he lied like that other dude. I, I I don't think he looked totally out of place. He didn't exactly, like I said, he didn't exactly lose to a world beater. He probably will get another fight because he, he didn't really do anything I don't, egregious. I don't, I don't know who, any featherweights he could beat. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to win, <laughs> but yeah. he probably <laughs> will, will give him another fight, I'm guessing. Yeah, maybe, but he he looked he looked bad, and I would say this: it looked like he quit. Um, yeah, you think so? That, yeah, that's a, a thing that's thrown around too too often, but sometimes it's actually true. Well, and it's especially true of a guy who's twenty three and zero, and his team has told him he's God's gift to MMA because like yeah. it looked like about six minutes into this fight, he was like, "Oh shit, this is not this, <laughs> this, this is, is not a, this is not an Owen ten guy who I found in Uzbekistan somewhere. Uh, yes. th- this is a real fighter, and I'm not very ready for this um yep. yeah good for jamal emmers though coming back from that knee injury too that he suffered yep. against pat zabatini like he's a good guy I- i'm glad to see him get back on the right track yeah and he was thrown in with the wolves basically all all of his fights uh yeah UFC he's fought giga crazy. and pat zabatini already he deserves yeah, exactly. a hussein askabov <laughs> yep so that's good uh, plus wins get that get that um his purse uh starting to accelerate you don't you, you don't get higher purses unless you start winning fights so um, good to see that. Um, 
Yeah, I, I picked OSP initially. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that Gumby got me on this one. Felipe wins, knocked out um, Ovin St. Prue, 49 seconds. It probably could have been stopped even sooner if OSP wasn't so tough. But uh, yeah, he he snuck a uh, punch through, and that was pretty much the end of it. He, he had OSP uh, backing up. From that point onwards, Linz, if this is what he's going to look like at light heavyweight, we he may actually live up to the the promise that um, that he had when he had headed into the UFC. But we had him. Uh, the line was correct minus two twenty at Linz. Yeah, he he looked good. Um, again, it was against OSP. Funny, yep. right before this fight started, I said OSP always looks like he could be a top twelve light heavyweight. I wrote this right in the Discord. A top twelve light heavyweight, or he looks like he should be pumping gas down the road. Um, this was a pumping I, gas effort. And and I it's funny because I wrote that and then obviously the fight takes less than a minute. Um, and I gotta give credit to Scuba in the Discord, our our buddy Scuba. Yep. Um, I I he wrote something right as the fight ended, and I looked down at my phone and it literally made me laugh at my phone, which happens very rarely. It literally made me laugh. His his response to me saying, you know, that he he looks like he could be pumping gas down the road was he just wrote thirty on four, please, and that was yep. it. And it, Perfect, because uh, this was the 30 on four performance for Ovin St. Prue. Yep, it was. Um, he's so, fired, right? We're firing um, him. Yeah, he, he makes a lot of money because he's been around a long time. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's been around forever. Done. He's probably making tons of money. And let's see, he's only beaten Shogun by split decision in the last three years. He's one in three over the last four. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think he's making like over 100 grand uh, just to show. So, yeah, um, plus like. 21,000 for the um for the incentive pay that they get for wearing venom or and drinking Drake Jake Paul's drink and or Logan Paul's drink or whatever else they have to do. Uh, so yeah, he's more than likely Gummy was itching to fire someone. We hadn't fired someone for a few fights there. You were itching to get rid of Askabob. I, yeah. I think Oscar well so what are we at right now? Right, right. night Askabob Landsberg probably. Landsberg Askabob maybe St. Prue. Yeah. I don't and we I, got we got one more to go, so. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Askabob gets Axe, but you never know. Um, AJ Fletcher, I had him. Gumby was in on the big dog, Themba Garimbo. That was an incorrect move. Uh, he got submitted. The grappler got submitted. Guillotine choke, 137 into the second round. Um, I had Fletcher at minus 275. This was Gumby's big swing on the evening and it didn't come through. Yeah, it, it was it was a good look, though, I think, because as I was watching that fight, I thought Garimbo, and this was my read on it, was looking good from distance. Um, and then for some reason, he chose to grapple. Um, and yeah. I know people were talking about Garimbo being the grappler, but I said I think he has an advantage on the feet. I, I think if he stuck with that, we might have seen a, a very different fight here. Because the only times he got in trouble were reversals on the mat and... You know, he got clubbed and subbed in in a clinch situation that I think he didn't need to be in. So um, sort of seemed like a low IQ fight out of him. But I actually think he's got a lot of potential. He had a 10 inch reach advantage. So he didn't he had no business getting anywhere near. Yeah. Like, what, do you, what are you doing? What are you doing shooting a takedown with the 10 inch yeah. reach advantage? Yep. Yeah. No, he's he's not getting cut. They'll, they'll let him stick around for another fight. Um, once the Mela Honderos is getting cut, <coughs> he got some <laughs> rear naked choke by Clayton Carpenter, 313 in the first round. So he's 0 2 in the UFC over like, what, three years or something ridiculous. Uh, got popped for cocaine in the middle of that. So yeah, uh, no way he's sticking around. Carpenter definitely is sticking around. Minus 295, we had him at. Yeah, the MMA lab just keeps giving us killers. Yep. Um, and I, I love every bit of it. Um, you know, between him and, you know, LFA, we had 
Ann Hull recently. Like they just have a ton of lightweight dudes um, that are, that are just putting it all together. So uh, it was good to see Carpenter coming off of Contender Series uh, look as good as we thought he was going to. By the way, I, I actually saw a stat. Um, I, I should look up the name of the guy who put it up there because it's a guy who does some pretty good coverage on Twitter on Contender Series guys. But of the guys on the last season of the Contender Series, guys and gals, uh, there's been 22 fights uh, from people who are on Contender Series over this last year. Do you want to guess what their record is? 18 and four. Close. 16 and six. Fantastic. Yeah, it's it's the, the definitely the top um, training ground for the UFC. Sure. Yeah. And so 16 and six, that's certainly uh, a trend. And I, I believe the fight card we will be breaking down on Wednesday and Thursday this week has four more of them. So uh, something to something to circle there. Dana's got to be careful, though, handing out all the contracts like he was doing last year. You, you can't just be hanging them, handing them out to everyone or you're going to water this thing down. But yeah, definitely contender series. We're all about that. Um, we were all about this card, too. I went, as I mentioned, nine and two. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, $360 I ended up winning. So on the year, I'm hitting 66%, um, down 51 bucks. So I'm almost breaking even, picking every fight. Gumby went eight and three, $174 win. You, you, uh, you're down less than a thousand bucks now, Dan. That, that's the key. You're down less than 900 bucks now too. That, there you go. There you go. In a, in a strategy that is not a winnable strategy, nope. uh, which we've proven time and time again, uh, we're still looking pretty respectable at this point of the year. 58% for you hitting those. Um, we both had our locks. You had Carpenter, I had Paunga. We both missed on our dogs. We both had Jim Miller. I missed on my prop, which was Pogues via knockout or TKO. I, I was getting kind of excited when you had him on the ground. I thought you could could have grounded and pounded at Prezen, but nope, didn't come through. Sadikov came through for Dan via knockout, plus 235. So that was so for your props, you're now two and two on the year. And if you're betting hundred bucks on, on your four props, you'd be up 145 bucks. So that's, that's a that. nice haul for you. And we're both up money on our locks as well. It's, it's the dogs that are, that are hurting us at this point. Yeah. That that's weird too. Cause that's usually our go-to and we've been hot with the dogs lately too. Yeah. We're uh, just not we, picking the right one for our, for our, our, for our official, one. for our official graphic. Um, yes. but yeah, no, I'm, I'm counting Blanchfield and Embers, uh, means that we had a good day. Yep. Definitely. Um, we'll see how we do this coming Saturday. The UFC has another barn burner. This one doesn't even have a good a main event like uh, last night's did. Krylov versus Span, Dan. Oh, that's, boy. That's just uh, generic light heavyweight action right there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they always insist on thinking they have to put like heavier weight guys in, in main events. But we got uh, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Span main event. Andre Muniz versus Brendan Allen. That'd be uh, a better that's main a better event, fight. by the way. Yep, yep. for sure. Gusto Sakai versus Dontel Mays. Tatiana Suarez versus Montana De La Rosa. That probably would have been the main event if Suarez uh, hadn't been out of action for so long. Mike Mullat versus Johan Lyonese. That's an, a fun fight there. Jasmine Jasuda Vicious versus Gabriela Fernandez. Jordan Levitt versus Victor Martinez. Joe Slucky, Carl Deaton III. There's a good name. Ode Osborne versus Charles Johnson. That's another fun fight there. Rafael Alves, Nuralo Aliyev. Haley Cowan is making. She's one. She's the it girl, right? Uh, from uh, from the <laughs> series. Yeah. F- fighting the greatest uh, female bantamweight featherweight fighter of all time, Eileen Perez. Just ask her. Garrett Armfield versus Jose Hansen or Jose Johnson, and Eric Gonzalez versus Trevor Peak. Low key. This this is a good card for us, the gens for sure. I I love this card. 
Um, yeah, exactly. You're you're our target audience, right? You're, there, there you're the target audience for the podcast <laughs> and for the and for this uh, this episode of Fight Nights for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and you have to be excited about Tatiana Suarez being back. Yep. Um, like this, she's so, almost made it. Man, we're, this we're so, less than a week away now. What, did so? I don't know if you've gotten an early look at the odds. No. Oh, I, good. I try not so, to, because I because I like. But go ahead if you want to so, say. Something. So this will this will be a fun question for you. What would you line Tatiana Suarez versus Montana De La Rosa at? Minus 300 for Suarez. Higher. Oh, no. Minus 500? Higher. Minus 700? <laughs> Higher. <laughs> minus 900? Minus 800. Yes. Wow. Oh, yes. I don't like that at all. I mean, I do, because, like, here's the thing, and, and we can get into the breakdown on Wednesday, or Thursday, rather, uh, so I won't, I won't completely bury it. The only the worry that I've ever had on Tatiana Suarez is that, like, somebody is going to stuff enough of her wrestling and beat her on the feet. And they put her up against somebody who I think even if she did stuff her wrestling, wouldn't beat her on the feet. So, like, yep. this is the right move back into the UFC for her. So hopefully it gets her on the right feet. We see some of that killer wrestling and uh, she starts making waves in this division that's already pretty exciting. Yeah, I guess you don't lose your wrestling no matter how long you've been. If you've been wrestling your whole life, you it's kind of like riding a bike for her. So, um, but yeah, she's entering as we as we said earlier a flyweight division that's far more um, competitive and stacked than than the one that she left. She was on a the fast track to the top, and now um, she's even with the win here. There's going to be a bunch of people ahead of her. Yeah, well, actually, she she didn't ever leave this division because she never got to it. Remember, right. she was making the oh, change yeah, to right. yeah. she was making the change to flyweight. She was actually Five and zero at at strawweight, which by the way, she was five and zero at strawweight. She choked out Alexa Grasso, she TKO'd Carla Esparza, and she decisioned Nina Nunes. That is an insane three fight run in retrospect. Yeah. And um, her, her fighting strawweight's kind of insane too, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, because she's she's so strong. Um, yeah. and hopefully maybe maybe moving up to to flyweight will help keep her keep her healthy. So yeah, uh, hopefully. And she yeah. is a bit older than she was, obviously, as well. So um, even though fighters seem to think uh, cutting more weight as you get older is 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 the route to success. But um, nonetheless, yeah, sneaky, maybe a sneaky uh, good fight card. Uh, we're going to make money on it regardless. Uh, all right. We shall be back. We told you all about Discord. If you're into Twitter, SGP and MMA is the account that Gumby runs for us and puts up fun gifts and photos and stats and all, all fun all fun tweet related things uh he's also at gumby Vreeland. i'm a jeff fox writer you can find all my writing at sportsgamblingpodcast.com along with gumby's um you can listen to his top turtle mma podcast and you can read the rest of my mma writings at moneymma.substack.com and i think that's all i have to tell you all you lovely people about we're gonna be back tomorrow gumby begged and pleaded for us to do a Bellator episode, so we're going to do another Bellator episode <laughs> tomorrow. It will be Gumby Vreeland's nightmare tomorrow. Not not William William Knight nightmare. It will be a nightmare. So um, until then, I will be the great ape, Jeff Fox. What do you, what should you be? Oh, of course, the Beverly Hills Ninja, Gumby Vreeland. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.